0: This is the Shoot Once Podcast, a podcast about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the NHL, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, welcome everyone to the Shoot Once Podcast. Uh, again, a, a cool new way for us to do the show here. Um, if you're listening to the show like you normally do through the podcast feed, you'll still get the same show you always did. But we're doing live now on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube at the same time while we're doing the show so if you want to check us out there definitely definitely encourage it there i uh, got some cool things too where if you're uh on the facebook live stream if you comment on it now i know i've shared this to a couple of different facebook or blue jackets fan groups on facebook if you comment on the original post i'll be able to see it we can respond to it in real time on the air you might even see your post on the on the show here so pretty cool there um pretty just just some new stuff for us to play around with it'll be i think it'll be an exciting time for it it'll be some good stuff there i already saw early somebody posted a comment on the union blue soldiers facebook group asking if it was called the shoot ones podcast uh in honor of our uh in honor of our uh uh our offensive strategy was the way they put it um but I, I wouldn't say that at all. No, the reason uh, if we've got a lot of new listeners, the reason we've called it the shoot once podcast is that the show itself is uh, when I was trying to think of names for the show. Um, the, when I was trying to think of names for the show there and, and what I wanted to do with it, there was a uh, process there where I was trying to think uh, for one of the early things I thought it was like cheap seats because there's this idea that, you know, the real fans are setting up high in the stands, that sort of thing. And what occurred to me was when you look at the season ticket plans for the Blue Jackets uh, and just look at their general seating chart in general, the cheapest seats are down at one end and it's titled shoot once based on in a three period game. That's the area where the Blue Jackets shoot once. So that was kind of the thinking behind the name originally. Although if you wanted to uh, evaluate the team based on that, you wouldn't be entirely wrong. But hey, do want to thank everyone for. For checking in with the show here if this is your first time on the show first time watching or listening we appreciate it uh the plan is to go live like this from now on for most of our shows uh, to do live video uh and as well again if you have the audio feed of the show you'll always get that the video version is just going to be a little different because obviously we're going to have some some different things going on some different uh information on what's happening there so i would recommend you know if you if you have the chance to watch the video version It's cool. If not, fine too. So jumping into our news from around the league this week, it was talked about when the playoffs ended, Jarmo Kekalainen talked about wanting to get a lot of different fans or a lot of the players into European leagues um, for the start of the season. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, obviously the team is very young. We've got a lot of young players who are still developing who haven't reached their full potential yet. But, and at the same time, we don't know when the NHL hockey is coming back. Uh, that That's what part of the what sucks about all this. Uh, I think we've got a story later in the in the show here about that a little bit, but we're just not sure when things are going to happen. So the idea is if the European leagues, if we know they're going to play, if you can get guys over there to play, you may as well do it. It's not a bad idea. So this week we got had a whole list of guys. Uh, Emil Bemstrom is going over to. Uh, HIFK in the uh, in um, Finland's top league, Liga. Uh, line the villain there, will be going to JYP. I'm not going to pronounce this right at all. Javaraska. la. That didn't work at all. I'm sorry, folks. That was terrible. But it was, it, it's good to get these players over there, get them playing. The nice thing is, because these guys are good, great talents, they're going to get lots of playing time. Um, Bemstrom's going to get lots of playing time. Then even will probably be their number one goaltender over there. Um, Elvis is heading overseas as well. Uh, Where is he heading to here? Um, I don't actually know. He's not heading to another league. He's heading back home to work with his his, uh, head coach from his time in Europe. So that's where he's going. Uh, Alexander Texier is going to Kalpa of Finland's Liga. Um, And the cool thing there is he will probably be their number one center. Uh, So so that's cool. He's going to get time to play it. I really want to see him get more time developing at center. Uh, I know I've seen some people talk about this on Twitter, about there being concerns of these players going back to a, you know, going back to European ice after having come off European ice, because we have so many guys in, in on the CBJ who are that way. But if Yarmo's saying he'd rather they be playing than not, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think even playing on European ice is a better option at this point than just not playing at all. So I, I can see the reasoning behind that here. Um, so he's going over to uh, to La Liga there. And one that just happened today I just saw the news about. One second, got to translate the article because it came out in Russian. Um. Uh, our, another one of our goalkeepers, Danil Tarasov, uh, he is going to go out on loan. Uh, he's going over to the KHL. The expectation is whenever the American Hockey League starts playing again, he will come back to the American Hockey League. Now, that gives us a very tricky situation because we don't know when the American Hockey League is going to be coming back. Um, the same as the NHL, it's, it's up in the air we're not quite sure where that's going to go at this point. Um, as far as those, those guys go. Um, so it makes sense to get these guys playing time when you can get them in, uh, news that has happened since the last show. We've had a, we've had a trade and I don't have the right, I don't have the right information for it right up here. Um, we had a trade between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Minnesota wild. It was, we've had a couple of trades. Um, Minnesota wild acquired forward Nick Bukestad from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a conditional pick in the 2021 NHL draft. Now this is a little bit of a different trade, um, because for Pittsburgh, it is all a cap dump. Uh, we'll be, we'll be clear on that one here. Um, And with that, you can see here, uh, looking at Pittsburgh's cap situation, they retained a chunk of Nick Bjugstad salary for this last year. So they saved; they're saving two million, or they're they're keeping two million dollars on it. Uh, the Wild are taking the rest. For Pittsburgh, a team with 19 players signed and just a little under nine million dollars to spend in cap space, this is the kind of move they have to do to free things up. Um, for Pittsburgh, it's kind of been the stated goal at this point, that their plan is we're going to keep trying to take shots, which I think is the right move if you're Pittsburgh. You've got a 34-year-old Evgeny Malkin, a 33-year-old Sidney Crosby. Evgeny Malkin's deal is up in two years. Sidney Crosby still has quite a few years left on his deal, so that's not a concern as much. But the Evgeny Malkin deal, once Evgeny Malkin walks, I mean, there are still... Once he's done, there's still three more years. Now, maybe maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins will keep sending him the little one-year deals. But at that point, we're talking about 36, 37, 38. Now, he was still a really good player this year. So I'm not saying that just next year it's going to magically fall off. But it is entirely possible that one of these seasons we're going to see one of the two bedrocks of the Pittsburgh Penguins just kind of fall off it's gonna happen at some point it happens to everybody it happened to Gretzky it's gonna happen to everybody at some point they're not gonna be the player they were and when that happens the Penguins are going to hit a point of having to decide do we try and kind of hurry them along so we can just get bad or are these guys going to try and stick around keep thinking we have a chance to win and kind of keep them a middling team for a while I'm not sure but this move for Buechstrap, Bukestrad, uh, being sent to Bukestad being sent to to Minnesota, mostly a cap dump for Pittsburgh, give them a little bit of room there, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, the other, the other trade that happened: the Minnesota Montreal Canadiens acquired defenseman Joel Edmondson from Carolina in exchange for a twenty twenty fifth round pick. Uh, So one last thing on the Minnesota wild Pittsburgh penguins trade. I think the conditional pick on eight is like a seventh rounder and it has to do with how many, how many, uh, how many goals Bukestrad scores. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a, I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of, I don't know if he's going to do it, um, but seeing there as a, as a response there to us on, on Twitter, From the wild perspective, it's a good trade. Um, Because if you're the wild, you're getting the player for pretty much nothing. And Bukestad is a a useful player. He's not great. He's not going to change the world for you. He's not going to come out and just be on fire or anything. But he's going to be a useful player for the wild, who are also in kind of that weird place where I'm not sure what they're doing right now. I mean, last year in what does he had in 13 games he had one goal one assist so two points the year before that in 32 games he had nine goals five assists he's a good kind of mid-tier to low end center there um so i'm i think it was probably a good move there for him i think it's a, a good way for them to to kind of build up what's happening there with the with the team um the next trade there, the Montreal one. Montreal Canadians acquired defenseman Joel Edmondson from Carolina exchange for a 2025th round pick. Uh, Joel Edmondson, this is a guy who from everything I have seen is just he was the worst defenseman on the Montreal or on the uh he was the worst defenseman on the Carolina Hurricanes. And why the why the why the Habs want the chance and what they're trading for here is Essentially, the ability to, to to sign a deal with him, which is kind of strange to me. Um, unless Montreal just thinks they, they know they can get him for a song if he agrees to go there, which I guess is possible, but I just don't see it as very like... I mean, maybe it happens. Maybe they know something I don't about Mr. Joel Edmondson. He's, he's a UFA, so they've still got to sign him to a deal. He's been... Again, I, I don't think he was anything special for the the hurricanes this year. That's why they let him go for a fifth rounder. I'm not on board that that was much of a great pick. if i was if I was Montreal, I would have held on to that draft capital. I just don't see it as being a good a good decision to make. It's a good way to go with your future there. Um, yeah, I mean it, depending on how you look at him, I just don't see him as being, he's not a defenseman who, from what I can tell, does a lot as far as elevating his team defensively, but then also doesn't create a lot offensively. So I wouldn't be on board with him as far as the way to go. Now, now the the next story I want to hit is the one that I think made Blue Jackets fans the most angry this, this week, which was that the Jack Adams Award went to Bruce Cassidy, the Boston Bruins. There's this. I've heard two sides of this debate this week. Um, I was listening to Puck Soup and they were talking about, oh, we're it, it's about time this award isn't just for the you know the team that we thought was the worst and did the best. But honestly, what you did is you took a team. I mean, what, what Bruce Cassidy did, he took a team that lost the Stanley Cup final the year before and they won the president's trophy the next year. So Yes, they won the most points. I mean, theoretically, you could then say, yes, they're the best team. And so he did the best coaching. Their GM's the best GM. Their players are the best players. I mean, those would be where your awards would go if all of a sudden, well, the best team has the best coach. I don't really think that's how these things, how I, I think of it as far as coaching goes. You try and look at who had a challenging situation, who made the best of said challenging situation. It's, I can't, th- it's really difficult to think that anybody had anything approaching the situation that John Tortorella did in Columbus. You lost the best goaltender in the franchise's history, a two-time Vezina winner. You lost a guy who may be the league's MVP this year to free agency and who was your, point? he set the franchise record for points last year. That, ah, he set the franchise record for points. He leaves. You lose Matt Duchesne. You lost, you know, obviously you don't get any of the picks that you traded away for that. And then when you come back, you have so many injuries that the team does not. If you were, if this was a a, a team you were trying to ice in the preseason, you couldn't do it. Uh, Because in the NHL, they have these rules to try and to try and show fans that, hey, you paid for tickets to a preseason game. Well, they can only ice so many, you know, AHLers. By the time we got halfway through the Blue Jackets season, I think they were breaking that rule. We were icing too many AHLers. And yet this team was ninth in points percentage in the East. So if the regular season had just finished, we might have made the playoffs anyway. That's an insane thing to do. John Tortorella, what he did this year was incredible. And what's really maddening is that he was, I think, third, third, and uh, Jeff Sabota, he he got to look at the like the total tally. He didn't even show up on half the ballots. So this is my moment to say that anybody who is I, my my understanding, what I think happened is a lot of broadcasters see John Tortorella and go, "Oh, he's mean," and then they decide they want to not vote for him when he does the best job of a coach. I honestly think that's what probably happened. Now, did that happen in previous seasons? No. Does that mean it didn't happen this one? No. I, I think it's it's probably what happened here. I mean, in the other years, he's won it. He The first one he won, he won before he had the reputation, which, again, he's earned. He's done those types of things. But he the second one he earned was the year the team had a 16-game winning streak which is beyond bizarre. I mean, that was the best winning streak that happened since the eighties. So what that's telling you is now that he has this reputation, John Tortorella has to do things that haven't been seen in 30 years for people to, to look at him for the Jack Adams. I get it. He can be a jerk. He can be fussy. People don't like him. That doesn't mean he shouldn't have got the Jack Adams. It annoyed me anyway. Um, let me give you a, uh, a quick message from uh, one of our other shows here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'll be right back with you. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, in, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You no, know, there was a for a few seconds I thought like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. Then the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday. On the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Definitely check out the uh, Bar Down Breakdown, a fun podcast. Those guys have been doing some fun live streams during these Islanders games. Uh, fun. I say, in uh, in the terms of somebody who is uh, kind of cruel when I watch things, because the fact that the Islanders have lost some of these games and some of them in heartbreaking fashion, they do a good show, first of all. But um, when um, the when the <laughs> when, when the games have happened and there's been these horrible losses for the Islanders, just that pain they get, I'm I'm one of those weird guys who loves to watch things like people who play rage games because I love seeing them rage out. I think that is immensely fun and hilarious. Maybe that makes me a jerk, but then again, that wouldn't be a surprise to me. All right. New little segment we're doing on the show. I tried to do it last week, but I think I accidentally muted myself through it, so I felt real dumb. We are doing beer of the week. This week, it is dog's Clockwork Tangerine. Ooh, doesn't that look interesting? So we're going to pop this guy open. See what we got. Full disclosure, I've had this beer before. It's a delightful beer. Very sweet. Um, That tangerine, you definitely pick up on that. It's a very sweet beer. Smooth beer. A little bit of that... uh, Oh, What's that flavor you call that? Uh, hopness there on kind of the back of the tongue. Um, But very good. Very good. I highly recommend this beer. I will be sipping that throughout the rest of the show letting you know we do not accept any funds we do not take any money for our our beer reviews because we have integrity integrity ah that's good anyway jumping into the next section of it a quick video here um this is darren drager of tsn uh, and this will lead us into our next conversation here expectation he hasn't said that meanwhile in columbus arrival of the pittsburgh penguins uh, all trade speculation around josh anderson should be on hold at least temporarily the columbus blue jackets first need to find out what his expectation is contract wise anderson would like to stay in columbus but he needs a long-term deal to do that yarmo kekalainen may not have the stomach for that which might fuel more anderson trade speculation all right so that clip has led to the uh, incredible amount of blue jacket fan angst at this point. Um, trying to discuss what is going on with Josh Anderson. Uh, that line of does Yarmo have the stomach for a long term deal is is interesting. Um, as far as where that goes, um, and and it's it's a it's an interesting discussion at this point because we just don't know what this what this team is going to be doing at this point um, as far as that goes. Now I will say uh, this week, Aaron Portsline put out an interesting uh, piece on the athletic where he talked about it a bit. And in that uh, the main things that, that really came out were very similar to what uh, Pierre Lebron was saying. Um, that, Josh Anderson wants to stay like he he is open to the idea of a long-term deal in Columbus, which as a blue jackets fan makes me exceedingly happy because in my mind, what you want to do is keep him here. Long-term you want to go ahead and lock him up. You want to go ahead and keep him in the fold because the thing we talked about at the beginning of this season, all the way through was we needed more offensive talent. And as the season has continued, that's still been the discussion. We need more offensive talent and the playoffs come. What is our biggest fault? We can't score enough. We need more offensive talent. When you look around the league, who's available to trade for? Who's going to be a UFA this year? How many of them are actually better than Josh Anderson? Not many. Not many at all. Uh, it just... There's no reason to trade him away when you have... I mean, unless you are somehow getting something better back. Because, I mean, even people talk about Max Domi. You're going to sign Max Domi to a deal. Um, uh, Philip Denault out uh, of Montreal as well. I've started seeing that rumor go around. You're going to sign a deal. Even if you've got somebody like Taylor Hall, you're going to sign a deal. Um, I've seen some Blue Jackets fans who are still on board with trying to get Ryan Nugent Hopkins out out of, uh, out of, out of Edmonton. Okay, you can do that, but then he's only got one year left on contract. You're going to have to sign a deal. And at any point, this gets difficult, and you're going to have to do it with anybody. So uh, with Josh Anderson, what I would say is try and get the long-term deal done. You need him long-term, in my opinion. You, You want a player like this. He's the kind of player that if you lose him, you will immediately be saying, how do we get this kind of player? So I would look at trying to keep him on board, uh, keep him in with what's going on there. So that's where we stand with Josh Anderson. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the theory of now that you've got someone else in there doing the negotiations in terms of, uh, you know, Bill Zito's not in place anymore. If that can make things easier or harder, who knows? We don't know. We won't know um, until we get there. So, but I, I, that would be my take on it here. We want to keep Josh Anderson long-term, obviously go that way. Uh, there was an interesting piece on First Ohio Battery that I'd recommend going and reading, and it discusses going after Mike Hoffman. Um, he's a winger down in Florida. He had 29 goals this year, uh, 29 goals in 69 games, which is really good. Um, I mean, that's, again, that's kind of what you want out of a player. Here's the thing. At the end of the article, and I'd recommend go read it. Um, the guys there at, at First Ohio Battery do a really good job. So definitely go read it there. Um, piece written by uh, Ed Francis there. And the thing is, at the end of the piece, he speculates that he's going to want six to seven million a year. And Mike Hoffman's 30. If you sign Mike Hoffman to a 4-year deal at 6 million a year, which you probably won't be able to get it with it being that short. The problem you're going to run into is you're going to you're going to be paying for years he's on the downside of his career. So this brings me back to my original point of just sign Josh Anderson. And and you get you get that uh, now, is that enough? Do you need more pieces than Josh Anderson? Yes. Yes, you do. But I don't know how many of those are available right now. If you can somehow trade and get somebody like a Max Domi or a Philip Deneau and not lose Josh Anderson, do that. If this team thinks that Liam Foody or uh, Liam Footy or Alexander Texier can be a, a great offensive player, I mean, if you can get if you think you can just grow organically and be better, that may not be the worst idea. And because this year, that's that's what happened. I mean, a lot of people look at this team and go, oh, wow, they look how much better they did. Look how much they overperformed. Well, they overperformed for a team that had tons and tons of injuries, for a team that led the NHL in injuries. If you're the Blue Jackets you look at this year as a year of organic growth our play we just got better because of who's already on this team now maybe you do something like you flip a, a david savard for somebody i don't know but i saw this year as a good year because it showed that this team can just be better based on what's already there so if you have a year of healthy guys a year of guys fully developing i think you've got something really good going on there and that's what i would recommend trying to stick on there um jumping down to our next story here and the nhl has announced the uh, dates for the draft dates for free agency uh to start which is cool we've got the draft now is going to be kind of strange it's going to be starting on a tuesday night october 6th uh 7 p.m eastern time it will be round one rounds two through seven will happen wednesday october 7th starting at eleven thirty a.m eastern time so the year of COVID continues, the insanity. I uh, Today, I was annoyed because there was an NHL playoff game going on while the NFL was going on, and then I saw somebody tweet, my goodness, there's an NBA elimination game going on right now, so it's throwing the whole sports verse into a, into a craziness. I think the intelligence of the NHL... At first, when I said, why would you do Tuesday and Wednesday? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Those are the two days of the week that aren't football. I mean, that just makes sense. Cause if you got to do a draft in October, if you do it Friday night overshadowed by probably high school or college football, if you do it Saturday overshadowed by college football, if you do it Sunday overshadowed by pro football, Monday pro football, Thursday pro football, Tuesday and Wednesday. Nope. No problem with football there. So that kind of makes sense to do it. Those days. It's the days that NBC can really try and make you kind of a star on it. Um, and then as far as opening free agency, um, what have we got here free agency is going to open Friday October 9th at 12 p.m. so just a couple of days after the draft that week is gonna be a huge week that's gonna be crazy I can't wait to see it uh it'll be it'll be something else it'll be a fun week to watch I'm excited about it this next story I want to discuss is not not great um, when you talk about and this is part of the keep it on your radar, folks, uh, part of what's going on. Frank Saravelli at TSN taught, wrote an article here about 17 teams that had to reduce their pay amid the COVID-19 crunch, which makes a lot of sense. Because, um, I mean, all of a sudden, there's no tickets coming in. The tickets aren't happening. Nobody's buying $9. This beer at a Blue Jackets game is like $9 or $11. There's a little brew dog stand there. Here, I guess, it's del- enjoy it deliciously at home. I think I paid 14 or $15 for a 12-pack of them. Or it was one of those like variety packs. It's delicious. But so but yeah, nobody's paying them $12 for beer. Again, tickets, nobody's buying a jersey in the arena. Which, hey, we'll tell you where to buy jerseys soon. Um But there's a uh so they've had to do all this. Um the big story was that apparently in Ottawa. A lot of coaching staff had their pay reduced by 50%. Uh, And the key part of the story was the Ottawa Senators coaching staff appealed to the NHL for relief with the NHL's involvement. Senators coaches were recently reinstated to full pay retroactive to July 11th. The opening date of training camp before the league returned to play in Edmonton and Toronto. Teams are having a hard time paying people. That's not good. That tells you the financial solvency of these teams may be in question. As a Blue Jackets fan, where you can feel good is what the Blue Jackets did. They requested coaches forego playoff bonuses for 2019-20 in order to avoid salary reductions. That's a very good sign. Now, the thing is about these teams, where they don't want to make cuts or things like ticketing staff and especially corporate sponsors, because that is who generates revenue for the teams. Now, do you need coaching staffs? Yes, you definitely do. Um, there was some question talk last week was, was the releasing of Paul Maurice was the idea that his contract wasn't renewed due to the cut to the money crunch over COVID it's possible. It's also possible. It was just because he didn't really help fix the power play the way they thought they would. But that tells you that in my mind just saying, Hey, coaches forego bonuses tells me there's a long-term plan there tells me Okay, the, the money crunches in an immediate thing. Things like the Kings, 20% reduction for all staff through September of 2020. Um, Flames, 20% of percent reduction for all staff effective September 1st. Pittsburgh, 25% reduction for all staff through November 30th. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, 20% reduction of all staff. A lot of these places, 20% of all staff. Uh, like Nashville's requested staff forego salary increases until fans return to the arena for games as opposed to a salary reduction. That sounds like you're decently solid. That sounds like you have ownership in place. who's saying, okay, if the situation if we don't make the situation worse, we'll be okay. And that's kind of what it looks like in Columbus, in my mind, with the whole just foregoing bonuses for the playoffs because it's just saying, hey, there's money to keep things rolling. A- and all these situations are different based on ownership. Uh, and based on where the actual money comes from, because with somebody like the Blue Jackets, um, our primary owner, John P. McConnell, his money is in uh, Worthington Industries. It does a lot of machining, machining parts, that sort of thing. Uh, other members of the ownership group, I think it's like the Bazoodies and whatnot, is a lot of construction which that hasn't really slowed down in Columbus. That's still happening. I, I think what we're going to see is people whose money is in things that are long-term investments. Like again, you do the machining. I mean, machine parts are still going to be needed when the world goes back to normal. That money is there. Um, Cause a lot of businesses are saying, well, we can still cheap trying to do work. We can still keep trying to get things ready for in the future, depending on where your money is and other things that may be trickier. Um, But it's it's something to keep an eye on as a a sports fan. Um, Like, I understand when you watch the news and they talk about the stock market, for 90% of us, the stock market, all it means is maybe they're 401k, maybe you got some stocks on the side, maybe you do some Robin Hood or something. But for a lot of, but for these guys who own NHL teams, that can be a big deal because that is, I mean, that may be where their actual money is in the fact that they have so much assets Like, you know, they go to a bank and they're like, hey, I want to borrow $5 million. And the bank goes, oh, why are we going to loan you $5 million? And they can show them their investment portfolio and there's $100 million in stocks. Oh, okay. Well, you have the money to back this up. You could sell stocks if you needed to. Well, the stock market has a bad day. And I mean, a really bad day. Say you lose 10% of your value. Now it's worth 90 million. Maybe the bank goes, oh, we're going to change the views on this or whatnot. So little things like that add up and can create issues there for you. Uh, and create those types of things i know you guys watch the shoot once podcast or listen to it to hear about my views on the stock market and the economy but we will go back to hockey now and uh you'll just have to grin and bear it at this point because yeah I'm, I'm joking you obviously don't listen to me to listen to me talk about the economy i think a bit of a computer slowdown at this point All right, so got a uh, quick word. Hey, we mentioned you know, you know, you're not going to a hockey game. You can't go to a Blue Jackets game right now. Uh, we don't know when you'll be able to go back in. And I know one of my favorite things when I go to a game is to go into the, go into the Blue Line store and you see all the different jerseys hanging up. But now you're asking yourself, Frank, where do I buy a jersey? Well, I've got an answer for you. We just finished a really exciting season of hockey here in Columbus, and the future is bright with all these awesome young players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alexander Texier, Liam Foodie, Elvis Merz-Lincolns, but now you've got a new problem. How do you get jerseys for these guys? Well, we've got you hooked up. Coolhockey.com slash THPN. And since Coolhockey.com doesn't outsource jerseys for customization like competitors, they're able to offer the best deals, best quality, and pricing and time on your delivery. So remember, when you need a new jersey, Coolhockey.com slash THPN slash THPN For our exclusive discount there, remember to use the discount code THPN, coolhockey.com slash THPN. So the next thing I want to take a quick look at here um, on The Athletic, they had an interview they did. It was on their uh, Two Minute Advantage podcast with Pierre LeBron and Scott Burnside. And it's an interview here with Bill Daly. And he talks about, you know, how the NHL is having to view when they're going to start up again. And the stories came out this week that they're watching what's happening with football. Uh, and they're watching the European Hockey League, seeing what they're doing, which is smart because you just got to figure it out. And people talked about, oh, well, would you do a bubble again? They they pretty much shut that down. You can't For a full regular season, you can't really do a bubble. I mean, one of the advantages of doing the bubble this time around was because you were already eliminating you know, seven teams from the league, that's seven less teams you have to worry about. And then as each round progressed, you know, you're cutting out teams and sending them home. So it makes it easier and easier to do it. And there's less and less players having to deal with the whole being away from their families thing, which that'd be a rough time. I mean, I get why, why that would be awful and a difficult thing to have to deal with. In this, it it seems like the NHL is developing multiple plans, which is the way to go. And they have a hierarchy of what they want to be able to do. And it seems like the top of the list is as much as possible to have an 82-game season. I think the next thing on the list after reading this and seeing other things from the NHL is have as much of the season as possible with fans in the stands. Because as we discussed during the financial uh, breakdown of this, during the, what I would call the CNBC portion of our show, it was very much a, a situation where you're talking about, um, you know, without that ticket revenue, without that, other information without the ticket revenue without people buying 12 dollars beers it makes doing your do it makes making money off hockey incredibly difficult uh we've already got the flat cap but i mean they've made their deal with the players they have what they're going to have to owe the players so they're not gonna be able to go back and renegotiate that so how do you make sure that money happens you you have as much of a regular season as you can um and then after that that's when we start getting into issues with with free agents. I mean, with well, not with free agency, excuse me, with moving the calendar around and things like that. My guess is that the NHL, if they could, they would be comfortable with the season starting like January, February, running eighty-two games and running the Stanley Cup playoffs into you know July, August. I don't think that would bother them at all. Now, it's going to make for a tricky offseason of the year. You have to go from that back to a regular season starting in October. Because they talk about in this how they want to kind of go back to what the original regular season is. I think that's fine. Um, Honestly, if it were up to me, if I had my druthers about it, what this would do is I would do a... To me, I I would want this to be the end of All-Star Weekend and just add an extra outdoor game every year for another market. Because really, all the the All-Star game is anymore. The players don't care for it. The hardcore fans don't care for it. I don't think you get a lot of other fans just tuning in to see the All-Star game. It's just a big thank you to different cities around the NHL for being NHL cities. But if you just add another outdoor game and just have it be the... I mean, we have the winter classic and you just make it call it some other name for it and just had that travel around different cities that would do the job just as well. You'd pretty much have a weekend that was kind of a hockey festival kind of thing in any given NHL city. And, and here's the thing too, if you made it that it, and it's just another regular season game, you don't have to have the big breaks for the rest of the league. I, honestly, if this got rid of the all-star game for me, I would, it, I'd be fine with that, but but we'll see what happens um, with it. But it, it's going to be interesting to see where we go, uh, how we return back to normal in all this. Um, I think we've still got a while to go before that happens, but it'll be interesting. Um, last thing we're going to cover this week, and it's for you guys who know that I like to cover sports media. I like to discuss sports media. Um, the Athletic hit 1 million subscribers. Uh, this week. And I know for some of you out there, you don't care less, but Hey, this is something I enjoy very much. Uh, I've been a subscriber with the athletic ever since I pretty much started in Ohio here. Uh, and, and the big news that they had out of it was that again, this profitable sort of line that, that appears. And what they mean by that is if you're just counting how much they're paying reporters and we're paying all of their fees and all of their like flights and travel, the company's breaking even. When you start bringing in all the tech stuff, it's a little different. I'm fine with that. I don't think it's a big deal for them. But they launched a new thing with a uh, front page. Oh, they're trying to get me to sign up for a newsletter. No, thank you. Uh, They've started up a new uh, front page, which is really cool as far as just having newer stories. They've done some cool updates for the app. I, I like it because I like the idea of intelligent sports reporting pushing forward and not everything being takes of the week because we we had oh we had an all-timer this week i'm not going to mention the idiot's name but it was a guy on one of the tv shows and the story was about dallas cowboys quarterback Dak prescott uh having very being very open about uh the depression he experienced both because of his uh brother who who died of suicide and from uh, a lot of just the general stress that had to do with like isolating from covid all that kind of stuff and how he had depression and, and some thoughts that I think were like like boarding suicidal, that sort of thing. And how he reached out for help. And there was some idiot sports guy who his take on it all was he should have kept it to himself and blah, blah, blah. and he, So that's where I think intelligent sports reporting still also a place. And I think the athletic is probably the best place for that currently. Now, is the athletic perfect? No. Uh, almost every time I say the athletic, I either get. I shouldn't have to pay, which that's silly. Anything worth value you should be paying for. And you're paying for it in some way. And if you're like, oh, well, I'm not paying when I go to Twitter for that. Twitter's getting data from you. They're showing ads. And if there's a web news website where you're like, well, I'm not paying there. Either the people they're paying, they're not paying at all. So you're not getting anything worth it. Or they're making some other trade off. Or that site's not going to be there in three years. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That right now that's the model we have now are there some other interesting models going forward with what journalism could look like sure are we there yet no because nobody's doing them the athletics doing the subscription model it's got some of the more intelligent stuff out there now there's some legitimate concerns about them as well as far as their hiring of minorities how many they have that sort of thing granted you're not wrong i just right now it is a It is to quote a very nerdy thing. Babylon five is our last best hope for intelligent sports journalism. Um, But that's, uh, that's, that's the show for this week, folks. We are going to have, again, we're going to be doing more shows like this, where we're going to be streaming it live, doing more video, doing all that kind of cool stuff. Again, if you're saying, Hey, Frank, I just like to listen to this in my podcast feed when it comes up on my way to work or whatnot. And I don't want to change. You don't need to change. That show is still going to be there for you, friend. So that's, that's, that's what we're going to be doing. But again, do appreciate uh, everybody tuning in, everybody watching, everybody uh, checking us out. Um, Hope we can have more interaction next time for the show there. Uh, We've got it posted as a pin tweet on our, on my Twitter page uh, about the phone number. You can call and leave messages for us. If you want, again, you can interact with us live during the shows now as well, but I do want to thank you very, all very much for watching and listening and go Jackets. Please connect with the show on Twitter at Shoot Ones Pod. And thank you for listening to the Shoot Ones Podcast.